It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello? Talk Recorded live. Worthy is the land. 
Jesus is worthy.
salvation. You missed out on the main thing that God wanted to say to you. If people, human, look, children of God, look out there under the sound of my voice. You miss out on salvation. You miss out on the main thing that your creator wanted to say to you. Salvation. Everything else God says, you know, that's wonderful and that's beautiful. But the main thing, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to show you a way so that you don't have to spend eternity in the lake of fire and burning sulfur. You miss that? It's it's very, very bad. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we have been working on our most recent topic entitled Time for Grace. Time for Grace. Time for God's unmerited favor. Time for God to do something unexpected. Time for God to do something extraordinary. Time for grace. We want to position ourselves, children of God, so that any time God just wants to do something real, real special for us, we are candidates. We bless God. We looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. We looked at Romans chapter 5, verses 2. Uh, and it brought us down to capital B today in our outline, the law through Moses, grace and truth through Christ. The law through Moses, Grace and truth through Christ. We looked earlier today at John chapter 1, verse 17. God blessed us very, very well, shared so many things with us. And we're going to take a look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 25. Galatians chapter 3, verse 25. Let's prepare to be blessed this evening in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
Galatians chapter 3, verse 25, from the New International Version, simple scripture, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Once again, Galatians chapter 3, verse 25, very simple scripture. Now that what? Faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you and we bless you. We praise you, Father, for this excellent opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father, because it is time for grace for us as your little children. It's time for your unmerited favor. You told us in your word in Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything under the sun. We thank you, Father, that there was a time for the law, but we thank you, Father, now that it's time for grace. May we walk more abundantly and uh, more circumspectly in your grace that you may pour it out on us all the more. We pray, Father, that at the preaching and teaching of your word today that someone will come out from under the curse of the law and come into the family of God, come into grace and truth, that they may experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ lived, bled, and died, rose again from the dead that we might experience. We thank you, Father, in advance, trusting you're going to say something in our midst today that's going to help us grow stronger in you and in your mighty power. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Let God's people say amen. We look at Galatians chapter 1, 3, verses 15 on down through 25. And what you see here is the law, the Mosaic law, and the promise, which was that the Messiah, the Christ, God himself was going to come on down into the earth. Uh, the Apostle Paul really had to, to break this thing down real real serious for the Galatians because the Galatians were, were a people that started out doing real well with God. But they allowed themselves to get sidetracked. And you've got, you've got children of God that, that do that uh, right today. You do just fine as long as you're around folk that's doing just fine, fine. But when you get around that wild crowd, now you're just as wild as that crowd. And, you know, it, it can be difficult to maintain a place of righteousness when there's a lot of foolishness going on around you. We look at Lot. Scripture talks about how Lot was a righteous man. Now, how a righteous man could offer up two of his daughters to, to be uh, gang-banged by, the, by the, uh, uh, the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah is a little confusing, but he, the Scripture says he was a righteous man. So even as a righteous man, the, the, those surroundings and those environments, the wickedness of the environment um, uh, influenced him. To a certain degree. Well, so it is with you and I, children of God. Understand that we live in the last days. We live in what Paul called perilous times. We live in a wicked and adulterous generation. Now, let's not uh, make, try to present ourselves like we so holy that this generation is not affecting us in one way or another. Let's, let's, all right now, let's don't get too holy now. Let's don't get too holy acting, shall we say. All right. Well, what we understand then is that, that uh, our environment... You know, if our environment played no part in our character or in our development, you know, uh, most of us uh, 
we wouldn't be trying to move out of neighborhoods where a lot of bad stuff is going on. Most people that can get out of a neighborhood where a whole lot of bad stuff is going on, they get out of a neighborhood. Why? Because they, you, you, you know that even you know as parents, why is it that many of us as parents don't want our children hanging around with certain characters? Because we as parents know that bad company corrupts good character. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. In the King James Version, it says evil communication corrupts good manners. Oh, but the New International, bad company corrupts good character. Something, something very close to that. I'm, I'm trying to remember it out of, the, out of the King James. But, you know, we know that, that our, our as, as parents, and it's amazing how that many individuals as parents forget things um, when it comes from God that, that, that they have no problem implementing when it comes to their children. Now, some of us feel like, oh, we done got grown. Well, you don't get grown to God. You and I are still children of God. We feel like we're grown. We can tell children what to do, but then we don't want to listen to God. Well, well you know, God, is, God calls that hypocrisy, if you're wondering what's that called. So the same way that as parents in the natural, we don't want children to be hanging around with what we consider bad characters, God does not want us as his children hanging around with what he considers or what he knows are bad characters. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You can try to do and try to live for God all you want. You can try to pray and fast and study and do God say all you want to. But if you keep right on surrounding yourself with bad company, your good character will be corrupted. Listen, children of God, watch it now. You can take a pair of clean underwear. I'm talking about drawers now for those of you that might. Clean ones and put them in the bottom of the dirty clothes hamper with a lot of other stinking stuff. And time you pull them out, why? They stinking too. One of the things say they stinking too. All right? So, so, children of God, let us be mindful of the word of God. Now, what the Galatians had done is they had allowed these uh, Judaizers, these legalists, in other words, these individuals who felt like faith in Christ was not enough. You've got some folk like that today. Faith in Christ is not enough to get us out from under the curse. We got to pay our tithes or we're going to be cursed with a curse. Hold up. You can't mix the law and the promise. Either faith in Christ gets me out from under the curse of the law or paying my tithes gets me out from under the curse of the law. Can't be both. Uh-oh. Some of y'all run to tell your pastors that. Now, Apostle don't say that. It don't matter because it's still true. It's faith in Christ that brings us out from under the curse of the law and nothing else, not any tithe paying, not any attempts, feeble attempts at keeping the Mosaic law, none of that other stuff. Faith in Christ, period. And that's what Paul stood on 2,000 years ago because these Judaizers, these legalists, they were coming in trying, look, look, go back to verse 13. Somebody read verse 13. Read. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Or does that say paying your tithes redeemed you from the curse of the law? Or does that say uh, 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 going to church on Sunday redeemed you from the curse of the law? Or does that say no, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law? So it, watch this now. If you don't place your faith in Christ, he's redeemed you from the curse of the law. There's nothing else you can do to redeem yourself from the curse of the law. Christ has already done it. I heard Jesus on the cross say it is what? Finished. It's not my paying of my tithe. Now, you say, Apostle, should we send the tithe to the Christian Center? If you choose so, tithe means tenth. If you choose to send a tenth to the Christian Center, my brother, my sister, don't let the devil stop you. 
one of the saints is giving a salute. All right? But if you, if you choose to send 5%, don't you feel condemned and don't you feel guilty? Because let every man give as he has purpose in his own heart. If you choose to send 50%, let the, let the Lord lead you. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of law. He has redeemed us. It's, that's done. You talk to me about something else. Now, and I shared with this with you all some time ago, and I've been through, you don't let the adversary try to convince you that you're going to get something that you already got. Don't what? Don't let the devil try to convince you that you're going to get something that you already got. Don't let the devil convince. See, that's what happened in the garden with Adam. The devil convinced man and woman that they would be like God, basically, if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam should have said, hold up, wait a minute, hold up. There used to be a song out. Hold up, wait a minute. Hold up, wait a minute. I'm already like God. What are you talking about, man? I've been created in his image. I've been created in his likeness. God done already told me that. Uh-uh, that ain't going to work. I ain't going to be like God. I'm already like God. Child of God, I want to encourage you. You already like God. You already redeemed from the curse of the law. Without a tithe being paid, without a Sunday, without a Sunday, uh, Sunday outfit, without a, uh, uh, you already redeemed, child of God. Your faith in Christ has already redeemed you from the curse of the law. How? Because, because how did Christ do this? Look at verse uh, uh, 13 once again. By becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Christ became the curse so that we could come out from under the curse. Christ became a curse by being hung on a tree, allowing himself to be hung on a tree for sins that he didn't commit, that you and I might come out from under the curse. Look at verse 14. He redeemed us. It's done deal. Done deal, child of God. Don't let no false teachers come in and tell you it's a done deal. I'm not going to be saved. I am saved. Done deal. He redeemed us. Done deal. In order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. By faith. By faith. By faith. What is it that, that brings your faith? Now, we looked yesterday at three things the faith did. Well, here we're seeing another thing, that your faith will bring the Holy Spirit. God will send the Holy Spirit by faith. You don't get the Holy Spirit without no faith. Now, come on. Now, what are we doing? What kind of, you know, like one of the, you know, what are we talking about now? You got you to have faith now to get the Holy Spirit. So, well, let's fast forward to verse 23. Before this faith came, now, we just found out how do we get the Holy Spirit? Through faith. How do we get justification before God? How do we get peace with God? How do we get, uh, what was the other one? Justification, peace with God. How do we get this grace, this grace that we're talking about through faith? So we got a whole, we, we just, we're adding to the list of things that we get through our faith. Well, look at what the Bible says in verse 23. Before this faith came. All right. Well, see, God said, look, there was a time before this faith came. You, you, you got to understand it's a difference before and after. Even Paul talked about when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. There were certain things and certain ways I went about things as a child, as a boy. Now I don't, don't want to go for that as a man now. 
them, them days behind me. That's why it's always kind of, you know, challenging, you know, to see somebody maybe that you haven't seen for 40 years. You know, they see you, and they remember you when you won't say. They remember when you was drinking wild Irish rose wine or smoking marijuana. Hey, is that Jake the Snake? What's up there? Hold up, man. I'd be like, you know, hold up, man. Hold up, man. It's it, because they, re- <laughs> they remember a state that you are no longer in. And see, children of God, we got to clear folk like this up. You got to understand that I'm a new creature now in Christ. Ain't no more Jake the Snake. Oh, come on, Jake Snake, you remember that time? We- yeah, I remember that time, but I- I'm putting those things behind me now. Come on, don't keep bringing it. Don't keep throwing that stuff up now. Come on. All right, one of the things said, if you do, I'm gone now. I'm gone. Now I got to get away from you. You see, that one, that person is dead. Any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. You keep trying to put them in my face. Look, children of God, anybody keep right on trying to put something in your face that you're trying to put behind you, you need to let that joker go. Mm, okay. We're about done, children of God, because we've got a little work to do around here. So before this faith came, God said, look, there was a certain way that I did things. There was a certain way that things went. There was a certain way. But, but that was before this faith came. We were held prisoners by the law. In other words, the law was just what you were supposed to do. The law was just who you were supposed to be listening to. Law tell you to kill uh, somebody that, that committed adultery, that's what you were supposed to do. Law told you not to wear two uh, items of clothing made out of two different fabrics, that's what you were supposed to do. Law told you that well, that's, what, that's what you were supposed to do before this faith came. We were held prisoner by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. The law kept us right where we were supposed to be until this faith came. Come on, now some of you all understand my voice. You know if an individual mess around and, and commit a crime, get five years, go to prison five years. After them five years is up, it's time for me to go. I don't, I don't serve my time. You say, Apostle, what you're trying to get us to understand? The law has served its time. It's time for us to be set free. And who whom the, 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 the what? Son sets free. Uh-huh. It's free indeed. So we were locked up by the law. Was locked up. Was. But we are free. So the law, watch this, and we're understanding here that the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. Understand the purpose of the law. Because just as everything has a purpose, Everything that has a purpose, it has a misuse. Everything that has a purpose, it has a misuse. Hammer has got a purpose for hitting the nails. But now you're running out clocking people in the head, they're going to get you. And I hope they get you fast, too. One of the things, well, it becomes a lethal weapon. Why? Because that's not the purpose. Now you're misusing it. Um... What is that stuff? Uh, uh, opium has a purpose. You out of opium, you can make you know. And I used to teach this: heroin, you used to codeine, morphine, and heroin. Well, codeine is what they put in very, very strong cough syrup. Has a purpose: suppression cough, pain medicine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Code 
morphine. You get a real, real serious injury, and you just can't, everything is hurting so bad, shoot you full of morphine. Help you, help ease the pain. But that heroin, baby, look at that cone. <laughs> that, that cone. See now we're getting we're getting into misuse and abuse. See. Can be abused. So any, any aspirin can be abused. Somebody pay take pay, pay person take a whole bunch of aspirin to kill themselves, you've abused it. Anything that can be used, it can be abused. He done in mind. All right, we're just about done. So, so, so here, when you're not using its correct function. So here we are with the law. So the part, the problem that the apostle Paul had with the Galatians, Paul said, look, you misusing the law. Not that the law didn't serve its purpose. Not that the law didn't do its thing. But now trying to mix the law with grace, you messing up things. Now you abusing it. That was not the purpose. The purpose of the law was to lead us to Christ. Then get to stepping. Okay. Bring it to them in the natural, Robert. Some of them still not getting this thing. You and your wife going out for dinner, you hire a babysitter. Tell the babysitter you're in charge till we get back. Babysitter running things, got the children all bathed, got the place all cleaned up. Then you and your wife go out to dinner, y'all come back. Babysitter's job is what? Complete. But this babysitter, you don't come back and say, oh, well, thank you, Dolores. You, you've done a fine job. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm taking over the whole house. Say what, Dolores? Oh, I'm running. I'm telling you to get into bed now, uh, Pastor. Brown. One of the things is, is we're going into a movie. The hand that what was it? The hand that rocks the crazy. Babysitter don't want to go. Babysitter still hang around. Want to run the house? Well, see now that babysitter is out of order. So it is with the law. Once the once Christ came, law, your job was complete. Time for you to go ahead on, go to sleep. Now go home, go to sleep. But the, for these Judaizers or these legalists. They were still trying. They were still saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, faith in Christ is not enough. You've got, you got to obey the Mosaic law. you still got to obey the Mosaic law. Paul called the Galatian saints foolish, and the Spirit of God is still calling those foolish who, who feel like that today. The law, is, the law did its job. It's time for faith now. What was it? It's time for grace. Time for grace. So the law was put us in charge to lead us to Christ, that we should be justified by faith. See, that's what faith does. The law didn't justify anybody. The law didn't make you, make you right. The law would point out your sin. It would show you your sin. It would show you the punishment for sin. It sometimes even stimulated sin. Because the minute the, the, the sinful nature is told it can't do something, that's the minute it wants to do it. Oh, man, some things you wouldn't even be thinking about until somebody come in and say, and you bet, you must not leave your house and tell your children, don't, you know, you leave your house, you just leave the house. They wouldn't even get on the phone. But you must not go out and say, and you better not get on this phone. Time they hear the car crank up. Say, five, two, three. Say, if they don't even, what? Sinful nature. When the sinful nature. If God had not said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam may have never touched it. But once God said, don't eat from it, see, that's when the adversary kick in, too, you need to understand. Because the adversary, he got to wait till God tell you not to do something for him and his children to come in and tell you that's what you need to do. He don't know what to tell you until God say, don't do something. Because if God hasn't told you not to do a thing, then, then there's no problem with that. But the minute God say, all right, don't you do that right there, the adversary and his children will be like, that's what you need to do. Amen. Amen. One of the things you're saying that what God is telling telling you 
not to do, he may not be saying to somebody else. This is where we get into the you, the universal and the unique words of God. Universal word of God, that's God telling everybody. But the unique word of God, God may be just saying that to you. Or he must be maybe just saying that to your group or saying that in your dispensation or saying that, you know. Uh, but, all right. So, law was put in charge. Look at the function. In anything, you need to know the function because that's where stuff gets messed up. You don't know the function. So when you don't know the function, man, if you don't know, you know, and normally when I do this 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 uh, parable, I'll do it, you know, and a lot of times in, in countries, you know, where I have a microphone. I'll be walking around with a, uh, you know, a microphone preaching it. And I say, all right, when we start talking about function, I say now, and what I do is I turn the microphone upside down. Now, you know, a microphone, you're supposed to talk in the big end and hold the small end. I turn the microphone upside down. I ask the congregation, be thousands of people. I say, look, am I using this microphone? Saints be like, no, no. And then some will be like, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, hold up now, because the Bible says, I said, we divided in here. I said, now the Bible says a house divided against itself can't stand. I said, we need to get on one accord. I'm still holding the microphone by the, by the, got the big end down and the little end up. Am I using this microphone? I said, everybody that say I'm using the microphone, stand up. And I might have half the congregation stand up. And I said, everybody say I'm not using the microphone, stand up. Then, uh, you know, and then I got, all right, I'm just like, look. And then I'll go to maybe one of the saints. I say, "Why you say I'm not using the microphone?" They'll say, "Because you know you got the little end down, and, and, and you got the big end down, and you're holding the little end." I say, and then I go to one of the ones that say that I am using the microphone. I say, "Why you say I'm using the microphone?" They say, "Apostle, you use the microphone, but you're using it wrong." And I say, "Exactly right. I'm using the microphone. I'm just you not using it properly." And when we don't use things properly, this microphone, I use that microphone as an example. When we don't use things properly, we don't get the benefit out of it. Microphone is meant, if it's used properly, to amplify my voice. So today, all of you all can hear me. But if I'm not using it properly, now, you know, I'm still using it, but it's not magnifying my voice because I'm not, I'm not doing it right. Well, understand the same thing go with your paycheck. Same thing go with your marriage. The same thing go with your business. If it's not being used properly, the benefit that God meant for you and I to receive, you don't get it. Benefit. You mess around trying to screw in a screw, and, and instead of putting the, the part that go in the screw, in the screw, you turn, you got the, the, the screwdriver turn over and trying to screw, the screw ain't going in. Why? Because you're not using it properly. You don't use the word of God properly, you won't get the benefit out of it. You won't use the church properly. You won't get the benefit out of it. So you be going benefit less. You be in lack and then be wondering where is the promises of God. And God be saying, where is you using the stuff properly that I told you to use? Instead of painting with the brush part of the paint brush, you're going to paint with a wooden handle. I wonder how come this, this, this wall don't look good and it's taking me all day to paint. You ain't using the brush properly, man. One of the things said, we're gonna, we're gonna take you somewhere. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us? I'm saying, let us use things properly, and see, don't you get the benefit? All right, we about done. Use the law properly. Let it lead you to Christ. Then get get to getting with Christ, and see, don't things move real, real smooth? Now, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. All right, so there's a there's a purpose. There's a function. Well, if there was no Christ, then I still need to be using the law. But since Christ has come, 
lived, bled, died, rose again from the dead. And see, this is what you Jews today. That's why they still they still up under the Mosaic law. Because a lot of them don't believe that Christ came. They still waiting for the Messiah to come. Jesus done come, lived, bled, died, rose again from the dead, ascended back to heaven, getting ready to come again. They still waiting for him to come. He done already come. For any of our Jewish brothers and sisters out there, the Christ has come. The Messiah has come. And that's the difference. That's why you got to split right today between Christianity and Judaism, because many of the Jews still waiting, still waiting for the Messiah. We, we waiting, we waiting for the Messiah, because they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. They didn't believe he was the Christ. So what that does is that packages you real well to be an Antichrist, which is what your ancestors were. They hung him on a cross. If you don't believe that Christ came, you are of the Antichrist. You got religions out there that believe that Jesus was a teacher, believe that Jesus was a prophet, believe that Jesus, but they don't want to give Jesus the credit, the credit for being the Son of God. The Bible says that any spirit that confesses not Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the Anointed One, as the Only Begotten Son of God, is the Antichrist. I ain't got to figure out all day what you are. You out there talking about well, Jesus was uh, a prophet, but he won't God. Okay, thank you for letting me know you're Antichrist. Well, you know Jesus, you know Jesus was a great teacher. But he won't. He won't do. He must, thank you for letting me know. If he if he ain't if he won't give it up that he was the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God, the Anointed One of God, the Christ. Thank you for letting me know you're the Antichrist or a Antichrist, not the Antichrist, because the Antichrist is coming. And when he get revealed, this character is gonna be off the hook. I'm telling you, it won't be long, children of God. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified. There it is. So what justifies us? What makes us right before God? Faith. We talked about it yesterday. Now you're seeing how the scriptures tie together now. Some of y'all getting a revelation in here. Praise the living Jesus. <laughs> some of y'all, boy, them Christian center children of God, I'm telling you, Christian center, it can be something else around here. So now, verse <laughs> so now that faith has come, now, all right, we talked earlier about before, but now, and see, if people are not ready, see, every one of us as children of God, we got a past, and if people are not ready to deal with your now, they don't need to be a part of your now. Uh-oh. They're not ready. They want to keep dealing with your before. Then you're not ready. To, then that, thanks for letting me. You still, oh, man, you Jake the Snake. To me, you always going to be Jake the Snake. You always was Jake the Snake. And you always, to me, going to be Jake the Snake. Uh, thank you very much. I'll see you later. Now. Now that faith has come. God said, now we're in a whole, we're in a whole different dispensation. We're in a whole different set of rules, regulations. We're doing this, this now. There was a certain way as a, as a father you may have treated your children when they were little bitty children. Now that they're adults, it's a different way you treat them. And if not, something is wrong with you. You always going to be my boo-boo-ba-doo. No, we grown man. He's upstanding taller than you. You're calling him boo-boo-ba-doo. And that's one of the problems, especially amongst many African-Americans. Parents don't want parents because parents, many of our African-American parents don't do a real good job in raising men, in raising women. They want to try to keep them as children after they get to be adults. And that's why a lot of, a lot of us as African-Americans, we've got a lot of our, our people need to be past some stuff that's still 
doing some stuff. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood a child. But when I became a man, well, what is it that takes us from childhood to manhood? God, the word of God, the spirit of God, the application of the word of God. What is it that takes us from babes in Christ to mature in Christ? God. The word of God, the application of God, the, the, the comprehension and understanding of God, it takes us, it takes us. Now that faith has come, now that I'm saved, now that I'm saying that now, God said, look, that you do operate and walk in you now, that faith has come. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. Now, if that doesn't make it plain for some of you all out there, I don't know, I don't know. Paul said, look, we're not under supervision of the law. So these Judaizers, these legalists, these individuals come in here that's trying to undo what faith has done, Paul said, uh-uh, that mess got to go. Uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not going for it. And you shouldn't go for it either. Jokers want to take you back and try to take you back to the law. Uh-uh, I'm not going back. That's as crazy as me in the in the, in the the promised land, land flowing milk and honey. You come in and say, look, man, uh, uh, Robert, we trying to. I'm leading. A, I'm leading a, uh, a mass exodus. Where we going, bro? Going back to Egypt. We going back to slavery. I'm like, man, I can't make that trip with you. Not me. I'm here in the promised land. That's what this whole section is about. The law and the what? Promise. The law was symbolic of your Egypt. The promise is symbolic of your promised land. Faith in Christ is symbolic of your promised land. Ain't going. Ain't trying to go back. I'm trying to go back, go forward somewhere, but ain't trying to go back. The Lord bless you, children of God, and heaven smile on you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We appreciate you, Father, for everything you shared in our spirits. We pray that these words will pass down to our souls and our bodies, and that uh, as we uh, search your holy scriptures, you will continue to give us revelation that will bring about inspiration and illumination. Again, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, question one, explain the purpose of the law. Question two, I saw somebody with a hand up. Explain the purpose of the law. All right. Next question. What we have? Come on. What, what, explain what happens when we don't handle or use things properly. Good question. Explain it. Explain it. Whatever it is, when we don't use it properly. All right, number three. Um, okay. All right, explain. We, we talked yesterday about three uh, things that faith will do. What's another thing that we looked at today that faith will do? It's another thing that faith will do. You can reach us through email at christensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoes, Precast, YouTube, and iTunes. 
and not even 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444, enter ID 17959. Our spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and have it smile at you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.